Welcome to the Breakthrough Advisor Podcast. In this podcast, we inspire advisors with ideas and pathways to break through barriers and build a thriving retirement income business. We will interview innovative technology developers, business leaders, and successful advisors, then help you organize and execute these ideas to move your business forward. Hello and welcome to the Breakthrough Advisor. I'm your host, Eric Johnson, and I am extremely excited about today's podcast because I get to interview somebody who I have known for just about two decades, Matthew Halloran. Matt, how are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, Me too. Now, you are the CEO of Top Advisor Marketing, correct? That is correct. All right. We're going to have such a great discussion today about, well, advisors and marketing and and your history and, and the things that you have done up to this point that have brought you to this junction in your life. And kind of some of the best advice. I'm going to pick your brain a little bit today. Is that okay? That sounds like fun. All right. So let's talk about how you got to where you're at right now. Now, you're the CEO of Top Advisor Marketing, but before this, you had Top Advisor Coaching, correct? And even before that, you were a coach with another organization. I was. In fact, why why don't we go back those uh, 20-odd years when you and I met, when we went through training as a family teaching couple at uh, a place called Boys Town in Omaha, Nebraska. And you and I worked there uh, together for about five years, and then you stayed much longer. Uh, I got my master's degree as a therapist and a life coach, one of the only places in the United States that actually offered a master's level life coaching degree. Uh, Started my own therapy practice. Uh, I wasn't cut out to be a therapist. I'm sure that doesn't surprise you because you know me well. And uh, uh, then I started consulting. So I I started working for a guy named Ron Carson. Many, many people know him. He's actually very, very famous in our industry. And um, that's where I really cut my teeth in financial services. So for about five years, I coached hundreds of advisors through Ron's system, built a couple of new programs for him, spoke with him all over the country. And then I realized that uh, I kind of wanted to do it on my own. I'd always had that entrepreneurial sort of uh, fire in the belly. So I started Top Advisor Coaching, uh, did that for about three years, maybe four at the max. And um, and then I had this opportunity to partner with my now partner, Kirk Lowe, because one of the things that we found, Eric, is you know advisors don't really want you to tell them what to do. They really want you to do it for them. Mm-hmm. And so Kirk and I have built this program over the last three years that really is an entirely done for you service. Yeah, I would agree 100%. Uh, in all the years that you taught me coaching, um, that was something that you reiterated time and time again, is that we can tell them what to do as far as our ideas and thoughts and and even the thought leadership that you've developed. Uh, but the problem is, is a lot of times they don't implement it. And one of the stumbling blocks, I think, for implementing things is time. Mm-hmm. And so time management is a huge piece. What would you say is the biggest tip that you can give all the advisors listening right now for time management, just tackling that one issue? Unfortunately, it's two things. Uh, so I, I don't know if Please. I could really uh, feel comfortable just saying one. So the first one is unsubscribe. This is one of those things in Eric, you and I used to do this all the time, but unsubscribing is a gift you give to yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, going through your email every single solitary day, unsubscribing from things that you haven't read that you aren't going to read just cleans up that day because email is one of the biggest frustrations that financial advisors face. So that's a gift, right? So everybody right there needs to give themselves that gift. Unsubscribe from everything they possibly can. That's not going to get them in trouble. Like don't unsubscribe from your broker dealer, uh, your general agency or compliance, uh, right? Yeah, but yeah. uh, you know, every wholesaler emails the living heck out of you guys. People with due diligence, new products, man, just unsubscribe from them. It's just not worth your time. And then the second thing is time blocking and really setting up a what we refer to as the perfect week. 
All right, describe that because I think everybody's on the edge of their seats. What is the perfect week? Well, the the perfect week is when you actually have time to breathe. And uh, Michael Kitsis just came out, actually not just, but uh, on his blog, if you look at some of the most effective ways to run your practice, Michael Kitsis talks about this. Ron Carson, I think, is the person who really brought this to everybody's attention, um, which was, uh, you know, the perfect week. Mondays and Fridays is you do not have client appointments at all. Uh, You have one late night a week, which is really important to be accommodated to your clients. And then lastly, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is when you're going to do client meetings. Now, depending on your products and services and financial planning or any of those things, it depends on how many you can do. But I firmly believe that the maximum of appointments that an advisor should do is four on each of those days, except for the late day, and then you can do five or six. If you manage to those expectations with your team, with whoever schedules, if you schedule, you are going to feel like you have way more control over your Mm -hmm. life. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. Uh, And I'm going to continue to pick this part of your brain. You've coached hundreds and hundreds of advisors. You've worked closely with compliance departments and broker dealers. What is your best advice for every advisor listening to this? Now we've talked about time management. What else do you have? It's you have the ability to market to who you want to market to. This is another one of those gifts that advisors need to understand that they can give themselves. They don't have to market to every single solitary person who's over the age of 55 and about to retire. That, that's First off, that's too many people. It's not a niche. It's going to be too expensive to market to, and you're going to be swimming in a sea of sameness. Mm-hmm. Now, what you really should do is you should pick a focused target niche or niche as early as you possibly can, and that's where you spend your marketing dollars. You can still ask for referrals. It doesn't interrupt any of those things, but every advisor I've ever worked with who hits unbelievable levels of success, million-dollar practices, million dollars of take-home pay, a great team, a great product, a great story, a great image within the community, all focus on that specific niche. And you should give yourself permission to market to who you want to market to, because that's how you're spending your day, right, Eric? I mean, do you mm-hmm. have the opportunity to hang out with people you really like and know how to service? That's an ideal practice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all about relationships at that point, in my opinion, as opposed to numbers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. All right. If you could walk into any advisory office across the country and and have it be one of those entrances like i don't know wwe right where they're walking down this ramp i don't know if there's a whole lot of wwe fans i haven't watched a lot but everybody knows that walk they come in fireworks lights music and they are the center of attention you're walking into an advisory office telling them to change one thing and they're all listening and they actually do it which would be fantastic what would that be uh, turn off cnbc in your lobby uh, i mean that's so easy eric <laughs> uh, i mean I know. It's unbelievable to me. Uh, And so here's what you guys are thinking is happening, which is it makes you look very professional. But what it does is it already presupposes the conversations that you're about to deal with in your client meetings. So I'm sitting there uh, and I'm in the waiting room, which, by the way, you know, that amount of time should be very, very, very short because you should Mm -hmm. be prepared and not running late. If you do time blocking, it's very, very helpful with that. But and I'm sitting there and I'm watching CNBC and, you know, somebody who's screaming and yelling at me, rolling their sleeves up saying, buy Apple, buy Apple, sell Apple, whatever. That's what's in my brain. So when I sit down and I say, 
uh, you know, uh, hey, Eric, you're my advisor. You know, I just heard Jim Cramer say that he's up 78%. We're up 2%. What the hell is going on here? Mm-hmm. When you're a financial planner, you are a dimensional funds advisor, or you're an annuity person who looks at the long term, you have just basically corrupted the conversation by having that crap on in your waiting room. Here's what you should have in there. The Travel Channel, a cooking show, right? Something that they're probably going to watch at home, right? Um, something that is has beautiful images and reminds them of what they've been working so hard for. And, and again, food and travel are two things that really change the conversation because then you can walk out. Oh my gosh, Eric, have you seen this episode? These people are in Italy. Hey, you know, when is your next trip, bam? I just took control of the conversation instead of having to reel somebody back, especially if the market's pooping itself, which seems to always happen when you have a client meeting, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, because the media always wants you to think the market's pooping itself. But yeah, um, yeah. So, so that's the number one thing. I don't care if you have a warm body at the front to say hello. I don't care if you give them coffee, cookies, smile, handshake, doggy treats. If I could change one thing in the office, that's what it'd be. All right, I'm going to change gears here. Okay. You you have for years and years and years. I mean, well, ever since we worked at Boys Town, really, we did tremendous amounts of goal setting, right, mm-hmm. with the young men that we worked with there, and then that obviously transitioned right into uh, therapy for for you as a, as a therapist, and also then coaching uh, for all these years. When it comes to goal setting, what are your goals, Matt, personally and professionally over the next I don't know five to ten years? No pressure. Well. So the first one is to be able to build a company that's worth $20 million. And so when Kirk and I got together with Top Advisor Marketing, we decided, we set a number. And we said within five years, we want to be uh, have a valuation of, of $20 million. Now, that might seem rather lofty, uh, but we're two and a half years in, and our valuation is already uh, five to seven, right? So depending on what metrics you use and who you talk to and blah, blah, blah. So that's the range. So we're doing all right, right? We're on the right track. Mm -hmm. So that means we have to double a couple more times, which we just doubled from last year. Uh, We're on track to double this year. So, so I think that's, um, that's a big one. You know, outside of just, you know, really being able to retire early, which is a huge goal of mine. I really personally want to be able to retire uh, before I'm 55. Uh, You and I both, uh, since I know you so well, you know, we've been grinding since we were 13, Yeah, right? That's when we had our first jobs, whether it was babysitting, chipping paint, painting people's houses, uh, yard work, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I have been working for a long time, and <clears throat> I would just love to have the opportunity to take a pause before my next major, major business venture. That would be nice. Pause and breathe. What would you do? Oh, oh, with the pause. Oh, yeah. Well, see, I already have that planned out, too. You remember this because you were there when my children were born. But when my kids were in the NICU, they had this specific person, people, they were called baby snugglers. And what these people would do is they would go in and volunteer and they would get all super cleaned up and everything. And they would sit and hold babies in the NICU because we know, and everybody probably understands this, that, that that human connection is so important for development and they have had so much more success with, um, longevity of these, you know, really quite small children uh, to do that. So that's the first thing that I'm going to do. Absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to be a baby snuggler. 
I've actually already greased the skids on that a little bit, Eric, <laughs> uh, which is funny. Uh, so there's one. Uh, second, I'm going to be an adjunct professor of philosophy at our local community college. Uh, my undergraduate degree is in philosophy, so I'm really looking forward to doing that. I just actually started to get the gears in motion there. And then finally, I'm going to continue to do my art. And so it's something that's very cathartic for me. It's very fun. It's just makes me feel, uh, it just makes me think so differently than I have to think as the CEO of a, of a quickly growing company. Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to kind of take a pause here for just a minute. Cause I have to address the audience. I have to tell them something you and I've known each other, like I said, at the beginning for, for two decades. And I know you quite personally, I, I, I refer to you as my brother all the time. For those that are listening, you need to understand Matt has done public speaking for a very long time. Matt has spoken into people's lives for a very, very, very long time. He is one of the most humble guys you will ever meet. If you have not had a chance to meet him personally, you will find that out very quickly. Even though he talks very highly about the company that he has formed and the goals that he has, I know that it's almost counterintuitive to what he normally likes to talk about. I have to give you that insight because he's just basically spitting out facts. He's, he's just talking about real life here. And I, I think it's fantastic. And I love that you're so open for this conversation, um, even though it's you don't like being put on a pedestal or having a spotlight on you. Uh, but I appreciate the fact that I get to run this interview and you are not in charge. So <laughs> I'm usually on the other side of the mic, dude. I'm I totally way more comfortable asking the questions. That's right. So now, now I get to ask you a series of uncomfortable questions. I'm, I'm kidding. We're not going to go there. Uh, I'm going to ask you a nice, nice, easy softball. I'm going to just loft it up to you. You're an avid reader. What books should advisors be checking out and, and reading and absorbing? Well, I think the first one would be, <clears throat> and actually, I'm really surprised. I don't think I've had anybody ask me that question on a podcast since uh, ever. Uh, so it would be Tested in the Trenches. So Ron Carson's book uh, that he wrote with Steve Sandusky called Tested in the Trenches is, I still think, the book for financial advisors. It has everything that you need in it with good guidance. Uh, it talks about how you build a million-dollar practice, and I still believe that that is hands down one of the best books that has ever been written in our industry. I also think you need to read Think and Grow Rich because it talks about mindset. Napoleon mm -hmm. Hill uh, is really the foundation of, of really what most coaches do. And then I'm reading a new book that uh, has been really eye-opening and uh, you know, when you've read as many business books as I have, you, you kind of get halfway mm -hmm. into them and you're like, oh, that's the same crap, right? But this is called Fix, a new prescription to cure disengaged customers, prospects, or staff. And what, what this talks about is how to build a cult brand. And if you rewind the podcast and go back to that one piece of advice, uh, which is, you know, really to find a niche and market to who you want to, this book is unbelievable at teaching you how to do that, how to be, make people raving fans instead of skeptics of who you are as, you know, a sales salesman or saleswoman, mm -hmm. you know, that's what we deal with in this industry all the time. People come to you pre-sold. So those, those are the three ones. I mean, I think the E-Myth is also a magnificent book that every business owner should read, but I have a feeling that a lot of people just get that book when they start because somebody else told them that, but uh, Tested in the Trenches and, and Fix are, are just remarkable. All right, let's give a shout out to the author of Fix. Who is that? Oh, yeah. So that's a Neyland Gillen Howard. Uh, you actually have to get it from the website. Cult Collective is actually the name of the organization, but it's Chris Neyland, Ryan Gill, and, and Rob Howard. We're actually working with Rob Howard right now. Uh, we're we're uh, going through a branding exercise, Kirk and I, for Top Advisor Marketing. So we hired the, you know, the co-author of the book. 
And uh, man, it's just so much fun. It's unbelievable. And we're really excited about where we're headed. Well, I believe that's the definition of practicing what you preach. So I, I, I'm spot on. I think that's great. Now, you've brought up Ron Carson a couple times in this conversation, and I'm not going to let you off the hook because one of the favorite stories that you've told me is about your speaking days with Ron and uh, doing a little bit of travel with him and the whole private plane thing. Yeah. Share that with us. What was that experience well, like? Because I know that there was one time, at least, that was pretty fantastic. Well, yeah. So <clears throat> um, Ron Ron is really, truly an amazing human being and, and unbelievable levels of success that I, I don't think most people will, will ever achieve just because they're not as driven as, as that man is. And coming from growing up very poor, uh, you know, being on a private plane and being picked up in limos and, you know, eating dinners that were more money than I made in a month uh, were, was very, very eye-opening. But one of the neatest things that happened in the story that you're referring to is that we had a co-pilot, <clears throat> so his name was Brian. And uh, so Ron flew the jet, right? So he was a totally licensed pilot and, you know, we were in very good hands with him. Uh, but he, he had Brian go ahead and kind of take over. And, and every once in a while, Ron would come back and he would say, uh, you know, you have an opportunity to, you know, to ask me a question, right? Because, you know, when you get to that level of success, he's always doing something, right? Mm -hmm. uh, now, he has his downtime, which is great, but in, in the he, when he's in business mode, he's in freaking business mode, right? And so I said, you know, I asked the question that you had asked earlier. You know, if you could give every new advisor one piece of advice, what it would be, what would it be? And he said, visualize the close. Now, I want, I want that to just settle in, right? Think about that. How often do you go into a sales opportunity knowing in your heart of hearts that you've already seen that business close? Very few people, very few people understand the power of, of visualization. And when I started Top Advisor Coaching, every time I got on the phone, I visualized the close. I'm sorry, before I even dialed the phone. This person's going to say yes. They're going to be incredibly excited about who I am, what I do, and why I do it. They're going to see the value in who I am and what I do. Uh, and they're going to buy me for whatever price I tell them. And that was like my mantra every time I picked up the phone. And it worked. It works today, right? Uh, I know that there are times where I'm rushed or whatever, and I don't have that prep time. And um, I, don't, I don't close it, right? Because I didn't do that core basic thing that I learned from a mentor of mine. Uh, which is visualize the close. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I'm hoping that the, the listening audience, they've got pen to paper right now and they're taking notes and they're definitely going to be needing to take notes on this next section. What would you say are the biggest mistakes that you've seen advisors make over the years? The, the biggest mistake. So this one's actually probably easier and going to really piss a lot of people off, but um, it's stop using your business as your piggy bank. So <clears throat> I believe every single solitary person should take a salary. Um, I know you, it's very difficult to do that early on, but mm -hmm. I think you should have a fixed salary because guess what? You're a financial advisor and you teach people how to budget and you don't do it yourself. Um, every time you get a commission or whatever, you go out and buy something stupid. No, you reinvest in the business, right? And um, Kirk and I have done that over the last, three years with this and every single solitary time we get a win 
we roll it back into the business. Kirk and I both take a salary. Um, everybody on our team, almost everybody on our team is, is a salaried employee. Our fixed costs are fixed. I know what to expect. I know what I have to bring in. But what happens a lot of times is advisors will get that big commission, right? They'll sell a $5 million annuity and they get this humongous check and they go out and they blow it on stupid stuff. No, what you need to do is you need to go ahead and reinvest that in the business and pad yourself for those lean times. Because guess what? That's what the markets do, man. They mm-hmm. wax and wane. And so uh, having that uh, padding is, is brilliant. So stop using your business as your personal piggy bank. All right, let's get them those commissions. Let's get them that success. And this next piece is, is definitely a big part of that. Give us your best marketing ideas. Just pitch it on out there. What, what are the marketing ideas that you've got your finger on the pulse of right now that are the biggest wins for advisors? Well, this is going to sound terribly self-serving, uh, but it's the truth, and that is podcasting. And here's why. If you go to networking events, I just want everybody to think about this. If you go to networking events, you're in BNI, beers and brews and bros, all of these things that happen all over the place. You know, women networking groups. Uh, you know, uh, we have one here in town. It's like powerful women in Kalamazoo. When you go to those and you say, I'm a financial advisor, I don't even care how great your elevator pitches are. I help people retire with, but I, no, 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 I don't care. It's all the same crap. And you are going to be lumped into what you don't want to be lumped into, which is a schmucky salesperson Mm -hmm. who's probably hawking insurance products. So podcasting, if you say, I run an educational podcast that teaches our community about making wise financial decisions. That is a true statement, and now I just started a very powerful conversation. Well, what do you mean? Well, I'm about 10 episodes in, and you know, my, my couple of my episodes are, you know, about kind of who I am and what I do as a professional. See, I'm, I'm still, I'm not being cagey, but I'm just not going to go there. Mm-hmm. And then, I, you know, I talk about financial planning, budgeting, you know, how to afford college. Uh, I talk about the, the risks of insurance that people don't really pay attention to. I talk about the risks of not having insurance. You know, I talk about the, how great it is to have guaranteed income in retirement. Then you, then all, I'm saying the same crap I would have said if I would have said, I was a financial advisor, but I changed the tone of the conversation because it sounds like I'm giving back because you are. And then every time you're sitting down with a client, you're with a prospect, any question they ask you, you bring it back to the podcast. Podcasting is such an amazingly intimate way mm-hmm. to connect with people. And guess what? They come in pre-sold. The last time I was at a conference, which you know there don't seem to be too many of those anymore, but I was talking to this guy and um, this woman... Uh, was kind of hovering in the background, and <clears throat> she she I got done talking with the guy. You know, you're at those booths. You know, you're, everybody's all oh, yeah. you know. Hey, have some free socks, right? Um, and she said, she said, um, I've listened to every one of your podcasts. And I was like, Wow, really? Because at the time we were like 200 in, right? That's a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. She's like, and I knew your voice immediately. She said, I know that you probably hear this a lot, but I feel like I know you really well. Now. When somebody comes into your sales process and that's how they already view you because they already feel that connection with you, you never have to sell again because they're already sold on who you are, what you do, and what makes you unique and different. So I firmly believe it's called a single point of entry. I'm going to go on a little long here, so I'm sorry, but it's a single point of entry. You have to market to your ideal client and audience in the medium they prefer while they're there with custom content. So we believe that most of you talk for a living because that's just true. Very few of you write. Very few of you are good behind a camera. So somebody like Eric interviews you, pulls out all of your good brain stuff, 
And then we do content multiplication, which is taking that thought leadership and breaking it down into bite-sized pieces that we use that to market you from an SEO perspective, from a consumption perspective, and from an ease of understanding who you are and what you do perspective. Podcasting is the simplest and easiest way to execute that. And it is going to change how everybody buys. In fact, one of our big picture goals here is to end selling entirely. Hmm. Wow. I, I, I can feel the cheers from, from the audience right now. Oh, geez, if I didn't have to sell, that would be, <laughs> that would be a dream, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you one thing podcasting can't give you, not to be negative, but what it can't allow you to do is it can't let you see somebody nodding their head. Because as, as Matt was telling that story, I'm just nodding my head because I have to tell him a story in return that just happened. I couldn't believe that you brought that up uh, specifically that somebody had come up to you at that conference. One of my clients just had this happen, met with somebody for the very first time, was trying to feel them out, trying to know if they're ready for that next stage, trying to kind of do the sale and asked them how comfortable they were with the process so far, just the discussion they were having. Their immediate was, response was, oh, oh, I've already listened to nine of your podcasts. I'm completely comfortable. I'm ready to move forward. Just like that. And they were, they were so taken aback, they just could not believe that it was that easy. Uh, now, it took a little bit to get that traction, and, and, and just like you said, it takes a little bit of time, but they had just listened to nine of them, and they were immediately already sold before they walked into that Zoom meeting that they were on you know, in, the, in this day and age. So I couldn't agree more. I think it's fantastic advice and, and a fantastic way to market. So Eric, that's a great example of what this podcast is entirely about. So you interview financial services professionals, not just necessarily who are in the trenches, who are all over the place, to teach them truly how to break through. And that advisor is breaking through. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what podcasts do. And here's the reason why it's such a powerful breakthrough technique is he didn't have to be there to break through. He didn't have to be there to shake their hands. He didn't have a seven meeting process before those people came in, right? You're planting all of these seeds. The days of actually having to go out and hunt and kill your prey is over. People today are farmers. If you're truly going to be a breakthrough advisor, here's the great analogy that I like. When I go to buy a new car, which I do more often than I should, mostly because I have a car thing, and my wife makes me lease so I can't buy a car for three years, right? Hmm. So I'm about six months out right now, right? I am going to watch every blog. So I, I identify what kind of car I want or truck for this in this situation. And then I go ahead and I will deep dive into everything I can possibly find. I listen to podcasts. I read blogs. I go to Consumers Report. Uh, you know, I go to J.D. Power. I go to all of these different places. If you want to be a breakthrough advisor, you know where people are going and they're not getting the right information. As a financial services professional, you need to be that local expert to allow you to be the resource so that when they come in, they're like, dude, I already know who you are and what you do, and I want to work with you. You just need to tell me what are the steps that we need to take, which is a great podcast, by the way, mm-hmm. to have you come on board and become a member of our family. Man, that's fantastic. Uh, and that's what we're going to need to end on. Our time is short. You and I could go on for hours, of course, but for this podcast, we probably need to wrap it up. Matt Halloran, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You bet. And the last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Breakthrough Advisor podcast. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. 
This way, when we come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your colleagues. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at InsureMark, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Breakthrough Advisor podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of InsureMark. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. 